All right, well, my name is Matt. If you guys haven't had a chance to meet me, really glad that you're here today. been a good day already, so even if this message is lame and doesn't connect with you, I feel like I've, it's been good, right? A little prayer time, communion together, so lower your expectations. <laughs> I'm kidding. I want to start with maybe something kind of fun. Um, so my son Luke, some of you might have come and saw him run up here and show me a fidget spinner that Chase gave him, all right? And it's what he wanted to show me. But my son, you might want to cover your little one's ears real quick. Um, he, he, Luke really wants to know, don't say this word if you know it, okay? I'm just preparing your little ones, all right? Because they shout it out, mom and dad would be embarrassed. My son really wants to know what the F word is. <clears throat> like he asks me all the time. Like we'll be somewhere, he'll be like, dad, please tell me, I promise I won't use it. <laughs> I'm not making this up, that's what he says. We'll be watching TV, and out of nowhere, he'll pause it. Dad, I promise I won't use it, just tell me. I'm like, Luke, I'm not telling you. We're driving the car, car pickup. It doesn't matter. Luke is, and so like, we're like, Luke, we're not telling you. Dad, I promise I won't use it. I know because you don't know what it is. And so um, that's my life as a dad right now, right? And also this week, Luke goes, how did, um, did Adam and Eve have babies? I go, yeah, they had a lot of babies. Now, I probably should have just stopped right there, right? <laughs> I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer sometimes. And he goes, but how'd they have babies if there were no doctors? See, all of our kids were C-section babies. So we talk about how the doctors took Allie and Christy and Luke out of their mommy's belly, right? And I'm like, again, I haven't connected the dots where he's going with this. I said, well, buddy, there's people having babies long before there was doctors around. He goes, well, how? Who took the babies out of the mama's belly? And I'm like, what do I do? And so I go, hey, you want to know what the F word is? <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't do it. I set it up great. Grandma's I worked on it. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. That's so funny. I don't always write jokes. I wrote that one just for you guys. It's effective. So again, Jen and I are doing the parenting class, right? It starts tomorrow night, parenting beyond your capacity. We're not coming as a place that we've got it figured out. We're, we're learning. We're striving together. We have had great response for this class, right? We've got a lot of families coming. If you want to join tomorrow night, four weeks on Monday, Monday from 6 to 7.30, uh, child care is provided, so you have to sign up, okay, so that we're the most prepared. If you can't make it here but you want to join in, we are going to take it Facebook Live, okay? We're going to take advantage of that, and we're going to Facebook Live these four weeks so that you can watch or watch later at home. Is that cool? So, and this is a good resource. Even if you can't make it, Parenting Beyond Your Capacity, Reggie Joyner, you're really, really enjoying it. Well, welcome to New City Church. Um, my name is Mateo, and I'm going to... We're in this series called This, It Takes a City, and I want you to look at this graphic. We're kicking it off today and kind of make some observations about that graphic. Like just with the people that you're setting beside, what do you notice about this graphic? What's taking place? What's happening? Go ahead. Talk amongst yourself. It's okay. Construction, I hear. Teamwork, right? Can anybody identify the two people who aren't working? That's right. Top left. Now listen, we will superimpose faces. On this graphic, we are all about public shaming here at New City Church. No, I'm kidding. I think I'm kidding. Listen, we're so, uh, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about who we are as a church. This may be a great reminder for some. That just, you've been a part of New City for a long time, a good refresher, but I see a lot of new faces, right? And so this is important as you are trying to decide, can this be the place that you call home? And I want it to be. But I also want you to know what that means for you and for us. There's a friend of mine. His name is Lance Ford. I remember Lance Ford. He was a church planner for a time. And I remember Lance telling this story, and it just struck with me. I heard him tell it several, several years ago. But if I remember correctly, Lance had been blessed with a, a plot of land, and he had the opportunity as a church planner to build a facility on that property. 
And so there was someone in his church who was very gifted in construction, and he was able to provide the leadership uh, for the construction of this new building, and they go to work. And when they get to the place on the project, of course, that doesn't happen overnight, but when they get to the place in the project where they're ready to frame and sheetrock, they rallied some of their volunteers. How many of you in the room know how to frame and sheetrock? Okay, we need your name for when our time comes, all right? So we're going to... But anyway, so these men and women that knew how to do this, they showed up at the church on one weekend, and they were going to uh, work with framing and sheetrocking this facility. And so the head construction guy pulls them all around the table, and he says, 16 inches off center. That's where the studs need to be, 16 inches off center. Everybody got it? Everybody nods yes, and they go to work. Didn't take long for the sheetrockers to come up to him and say, hey, we got a problem. What's the problem? Well, we're putting our sheetrocking, uh, we're putting our, our, our screws into the, through the sheetrock, and it's not grabbing. We're missing studs. The studs aren't where they're supposed to be. So the guy looks around the room, and sure enough, what starts as a small gap before long, it's, it's clearly way off 16 center. And he goes, stop. Everybody stop. So all the sawing and the hammering and the talking stop, and he says, come on, gather back around. Everybody gathers around the table. And he said, where are the guys who are marking the studs? Several hands went up. He said, you got to step forward. He said, what'd I tell you? They said, 16 inches off center. He goes, well, why haven't you done that? We have. He goes, guys, look. And he had everybody turn around. And sure enough, what was hard to see here, as they walked, looked around the building, the gap got wider and wider from where it was supposed to be. It was just clearly visible. And they're like, we all did 16 inches off center. We don't understand. He said, I want to see your tape measures. So they all take their tape measures off their belt. And he said, put them on the table. And he said, I want each of you to use your tape measure, and I want you to mark out 16 inches. I want you to put a mark on the table. And they all, one after one, did that. And what was revealed was the 16-inch mark was in different places. And people who don't understand, we go, well, isn't 16 inches 16 inches? How is one off? But have you ever noticed that little clasp at the end of your, of your uh, tape measure, that little metal thing that you use to hang on to stuff? What's that called? Does you know what it's called? Pop quiz. The tang. I learned that from Charlie Blair. The tang. And if your tang is bent or put on the tape measure in a certain way, it changes where zero starts. And so these men who had marked, they were all using different types of tape measures. And so the tangs were all different. And so therefore the 16 inches were all different. And so the construction guy says, all your tape measures right here. And he held up his and he said, you go to the store and buy five of these. And some guy leaves and goes buys five of his tape measure. And he said, the rest of you guys take down the framing. We're restarting. We got to do it right. Now tell that story because when we think about church, how many of you guys have been to a church before you came to New City Church? Most of us in the room. And we go, well, aren't all churches just the same? Isn't 16 inches 16 inches? Like, don't most churches believe in God? Don't most churches have worship, some teaching? Like, isn't it just a different style of preacher? Isn't it just different types of worship or different styles? But it isn't just every church. Like, I could leave this church and go over here to this church. And isn't basically the same thing? No, it's not the same thing. There's something unique about every church. There should be some things that are central, right? But each church has a DNA about it. Each church has a culture, some spoken and unspoken things. Like there are some things at New City that you can know. You can read our values. You can read our, our, our beliefs. You can read our 2020 vision statement. But there's also these things that are unspoken that you just kind of catch on as you are serving and leading and participating, right? Like we don't really print out, hey, this is when you stand and this is when you sit. You see other people do it. Well, I guess I should stand too, right? And we just kind of go and you just kind of pick up on things. Just like in your home, there are some things that are clearly stated, but most of them are unspoken rules, traditions in your home. 
I'm going to talk about those for the next four weeks. I'm going to talk about here, and it takes a city, how everybody in this room plays a part. Some of you are new. At 10 o'clock this morning, the service right before this one, this room was completely packed. I mean, it was packed to the back wall. And I didn't know 75% of the people that were here. I just, I, I look at you guys and I know the majority of the folks that are in this room. And so for some, you're like, man, I may know this already. That's good. But several people come and they want to meet and they want to talk with one of the elders and they want to say, hey, what's this church about? Like, is this a good fit for me? Great, fair question. But I turn the table today and I'm like, how are you going to impact what we do here? How are you going to join in and be a part of this? Or are you just going to sit on the top riser and watch everybody else work? See, not every church is the same. And if we're going to call New City Church your home church, it means something. This church was planted five and a half years ago, and me and my buddy Chris said from the get-go, we're not playing church. We're not hoping to plant something that people can just kind of come and sit in and go, check, went to church today, woo, good job. No, 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 you don't need that. You don't, and you don't want that. You may think you want that, you don't want that. So I want to talk to you about what we're about. And here is our mission. Here is our battle cry. Here is what makes New City unique. You need to know this, right? It's our mission statement. It says this. We exist to inspire you, to inspire people to trust in and live like Jesus. We want to inspire you towards something, right? And that something is a person. We want you to trust in that salvation and live like Jesus. That's obedience. If you've been here long enough, you've heard me say this lots of times. My soapbox is the church in the West is full of people who truly or have a, uh, as best as they understand it, a love for Jesus who has zero say in their life whatsoever. Like you love the Lord or you wouldn't be here. Like you have some level of affection, adoration to God, but yet we don't talk to him or ask him about anything. We just tell him what we want him to do. But at New City, we say, no, no, no. We want to inspire you that you would trust in the Lord and you would live like Him, right? And so how does that get expressed? Like, maybe, maybe you like the way that sounds, maybe you don't. I like it. I wrote it. Um, but, maybe, but how does it get expressed out? How does it get fleshed out every single day, in every ministry, every discipling group, every city group? Like, how do we inspire people at every single level? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And it's really, really simple. Here's our cornerstone. We started with cornerstone today as our first worship song. A cornerstone, it's the very thing that we build everything else upon. And that is our battle cry that is this, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is boss. Jesus is leader. If you're not comfortable with the word Lord, you can say the word boss. If you don't like having a boss, he's my leader. Jesus is our leader. Now, what does this mean? Um, how many of you guys get, uh, you feel like you have a lot of influences in your life? How many of you got a mama? How many of you guys have a mama that sometimes tells you what you, she thinks mama, mamas do this, right? You do this if you're a mama, you do this. We tell our kids, how about a daddy? Your daddy telling you what you think you should do? How many of you guys have a financial advisor that's telling you how you should maybe use your money? Or you have a friend who's telling you, like we got people in our life, bosses, employees, friends, neighbors, parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, all kinds of people. It's like we're Stretch Armstrong. Remember that thing? My buddy Robert got me one for my birthday. Right, it's so cool. Me and the kids each grab a leg, an arm, a head, and we just pull. Right? And some of us, that's how we feel. And that if you do what mama says, you're making dad mad. Or if you do what your friend says, you're making your boss. And it's like, we just can't please anybody. That's why Jesus as Lord is so beautiful for me. Because Jesus is the main influence in my life. Not the, not the cultural norms. Not what Fox News or CNN News says. It doesn't matter. Like if you come to me and you're like, Matt, um, 
I need some help with my finances. I'm not going to point you to Dave Ramsey, and I'm a fan of Dave Ramsey. I'm going to point you to you understanding and coming to a conclusion that's yours of what the Bible says concerning you and your resources. If you say, man, I need help with my marriage. I'm struggling with my marriage. I'm not going to say watch episode or season two, episode three of Dr. Phil. He'll answer all your questions. We're going to take you back to the scripture so that you can form for yourself a good theology on what the Bible, God's word says about you and the person that you married. See, Jesus is our leader. He's our boss. And if you're looking for some place or a person or a pastor or a church, because this is, this is the foundation for our discipline and our city groups as well, that's going to tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear. This is not the place for you. You need truth. You've tried everything else. You don't need to download another app unless it's the Bible app. You don't need to download another app. It's not, I mean, we just get so sidetracked in all these things. Last week, I gave just a quick snippet of a scripture that I thought was so great for many people, including myself, where God says to Moses, and then Moses relays it to the people, where he says, you have circled this mountain long enough, now turn north. And for many of us in this room, we've, we just circle things. Our finances are the exact same situation they've been in for decades. Our marriage, we just, got, we just circle the same stuff. And God says to you and I, guys, enough circling the mountain, enough going over and over this, this craziness, turn north and face the enemy, face the struggle, face the obstacle. And when Jesus is your Lord, you know what? You can look at anything in your life and have no fear because he is the best leader you will ever have in your entire life. You know why? Because he will not change. Jesus is not going to tell you one thing today and then something else next week. He's not going to change. He's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. Jesus is Lord. So for some of us, that's so foreign because really you are Lord. Like you just kind of process things on your own. You don't really talk to anybody and you just kind of do what you think is best. And that's why being a part of New City Church is helpful, going to be helpful for you because we're going to keep realigning you to what Jesus says about you. And then when you do, this little theme I've noticed, last part of the Lord's Prayer, I'll use some things that most people are, 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 that kind of know, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. What's implied there is that Jesus is your leader and he will never lead you to tempt, into temptation. I think of the star of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. There are such great benefits when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. When he is your shepherd, when he is the one leading you, when you are asking him what he wants you to do about every part of your life and nothing, you keep nothing away from him, man, I'm telling you, life gets a little bit easier as far as knowing what to do. But if you're trying to please everybody in your life, good luck. Good luck, right? Here we go. Matt, does this even hold up in Scripture what you're saying? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, like, duh, yeah, right? Jesus was asked this, teacher, what commandment in the law is the what? Greatest. What's greatest mean? Greatest, <laughs> right? Like it's not down here, right? It's up, right? What's the greatest? Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when you look at that on your insert and you see it on the screen, and if you read out of the new, uh, um, the, the new English translation, it bolds and italicizes those two parts. I didn't do that. My translation that I read read this week did that. And the reason it bolded and italicized is because it lets the reader know that Jesus is quoting Old Testament Scripture. 
So when Jesus is asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus goes back to the Torah. The Torah is, uh, is, the, are the, is the first five books of the Old Testament. So if you were to ever read like Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, that is the Torah. And Jesus goes back to Torah to answer what is the greatest commandment. So for those of us who are following Jesus, and we say, Jesus, what do you want me to do the most? What do you want me to do first, right, or the greatest thing? He says, first of all, I want you to be super loyal to me. I want you to be loyal to God above all things. And you know what's equally important, church? I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's it, right? Now let's look. I want to kind of give you the historical reference here so you can kind of know. Deuteronomy 6.4 is what Jesus quotes first. Now I'm going to teach some of you something, and this is really good to learn, all right? How many of you guys, uh, can, you have the ability to memorize songs? Like you, you can like, like how many of you had to right now, you could stand up and sing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song? Like, you know that. Yeah, you can hear, right? Or you know how to finish this Steve Miller song, uh, I Really Like Your Peaches. Thank you for that. Nobody in the 10 o'clock would do it. They thought they'd get bad. Like, you want to shake your tree, right? Like, we know songs, so we're able to memorize Scripture. I'm not asking you to memorize the whole Bible. I'm going to give you one verse today, all right? And this is called the Shema. This is the most important Scripture in all of Jewish life. There's two constant, forever prominent prayers in the life of a Jewish person the Shema is the first. If you grew up in a faithful Jewish home and you were a little Jewish boy or a little Jewish girl, this would be the very first thing that you would ever be taught to memorize and learn. So when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest? Well, for him, duh, it's the Shema. And so the Shema is given where Moses stands in front of the people of Israel and he says, here, Israel, gather around. Kind of like that construction guy, right? Here, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, our God is one. Now, what made that so unique is because they lived just like you and I in a world where there's lots of influences and there was lots of gods and there was lots of ideas and there was lots of thoughts on what it was to be right. And it started back with Father Abraham, but you get to Moses and he's recalibrating and he's like, listen, guys, we don't pay attention to all the other nonsense out there. Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, our God is one. For you today, New City Church, if this is going to be your home church, if this is where you're going to come to worship, here, old New City, the Lord our God is one. We serve only God. Here's kind of a fun thing. When you do some translation or you look at some ways that this is understood, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Sometimes people would say, the Lord is our God, the Lord is alone. Meaning there is no other. Like there is nobody even close second to who God is. Another way that people read it often is the Lord is our God, the Lord is unique. But there's something different about our God. And so if there's something unique about our God, and we love our God more than we love anything else, there should also be something unique about you. Like when you go to work, and when you go to church, and when you go home, you shouldn't be like every other knucklehead on the street. There should be something special, unique about us, because why? We serve a unique God who calls us out of things and into new things. Not every church is the same. I don't pastor every church. I pastor this one. And for the people of New City, what would it look like if we were continued to recalibrate our thinking and our love for God that, man, He is alone, He is unique, and we don't listen and let other things sway who, we, who He says we are. We know who we are in Christ, and He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is the leader. He's the one we follow. That's, that's our cornerstone, guys. And the second is equal to it. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We don't look at our neighbors around us and go, man, not for you. Once you start believing like we believe, then you're welcome here. That's not how we roll. 
Many of you didn't believe how we believed when you first came here. It was here that Kyle and Rashawn found Jesus. Right here. They didn't get saved at some camp years ago. They came in here with stuff. Is that fair? They came in here with problems. They didn't come here spit shine new Christians. They came in here with some world on them. And you know what? We loved on them, and we still love on them. And we've seen them get in arguments, right? And be together and then not be together. And now he's got his arm around her and it's so cute and so sweet. <laughs> we've seen Kyle get baptized. And then we saw Kyle get to baptize Rashawn just a few weeks ago. I mean, come on. And it hasn't been this cozy little, oh, you know what? You can do whatever you want. God still loves you, blah, blah, blah. That's bull. Hey, this is what Jesus says about your life. Are you up to the... Yes. We want truth. We want to see God move. Here's another couple. Right? This is like the, oh, like Brandon and Sarah. Like Brandon's in my D group. I'm telling you, like, man, God does. Are they out of the woods? No. Are they out of the woods yet? No. Are you out of the woods yet? No. No, 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 no. Jesus is Lord not for a season. Jesus is Lord forever and always. He guides us. He guards us. He takes us to a prepared place. And he quotes here in Leviticus, Jesus does. And he says, I'll just kind of go to the bottom part of the Leviticus 19. You can read that whole thing. Because some of you goes, Leviticus? What's Jesus doing quoting out of Leviticus? I don't understand any of that stuff. Well, it's out of here that Jesus says at the very end, but you must love the, your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. To love your neighbor as yourself. Then in John 13, I'll kind of bring it all together. In John 13, verse 34 Jesus is, is recorded as saying this. He says to his disciples, he says, guys, I give you a new commandment. And some of you may think, oh, you mean like Jesus has given number 11 now? Like he gave the 10 with Moses on Sinai, and now he's given number 11? I don't think so. I think he's summing up all the 10 in one. And he says, I give you a new commandment to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples. If you post on Facebook, what's right? No. If you have love for one another. Okay, I'm gonna, this church is an arrow. I'm about to point it, right, at our target. We are a church who is going to be sold out to Jesus being the leader of our life, and we're going to love the snot out of our neighborhood. So when we collect school supplies, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit in our giving. Of course we do that. But Matt, they don't go to church here. So, not yet. Matt, why are we going to let the neighborhood across the street borrow our grill to do a big cookout that's not got Curtis singing? What if they play Steve Miller band songs and sing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air music? What if they know that's the church grill and somebody has a beer there? Oh my gosh, you think Jesus can do it? Right? Because we love, right? We love our neighbor. And we love them where they are, and then we call them just as we do with you and just as people do with me. We love them where we are, and then we call them into obedience with Jesus. Ain't nobody too bad, and ain't nobody too good. We love, and that's, so here's the thing. You have to decide if this is going to be your church. But if this is going to be your church, I want this to be your church. If all you honestly want to do is go and sit your little hiney in a comfy chair, one, there's more comfortable chairs throughout this city. And two, there's a lot of churches that would love just to have you show up. This is not one of them. But if you're like, I'm going to engage, and I'm going to be a part of who we are as a congregation, I'm going to lead out in Jesus as Lord, I'm going to lead out in how we love our neighbors, then, man, I am so excited to have you here because it truly does take a city. 